Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leela McRae. Joe, I'm just so happy we're in week two of high school football because now we're just in the just the pattern of covering high school football every week. So let's get at it. We were at that Wilson game last Friday for the radio and Wilson got handled by TA 26 to nothing. And, you know, I know the whole like you are you are who you record are. The scoreboard shows you are. I, I think Wilson has like more weapons than what 26 to nothing shows. I think. I think 26 nothing for me more shows how good TA is. Now, where does that get them in 3C? I don't know, and we can talk about that another time. But for Wilson, our local school, I, I, I don't think other people in the district should say, oh, well, they just got shut out by TA and Waynesboro's not. No, I think Waynesboro has a reason to think they can challenge every team in the district, including Riverheads. Um, Wilson. You know, if they're playing to pro. Wilson. I, I don't Wilson. Know. Wilson. You said Waynesboro. No, no, not Waynesboro, not Waynesboro at all. Uh, <laughs> Wilson, I do think Wilson can challenge about anybody in the district. Now, I think Riverhead's their toughest, and then, you know, draft's going to be a tough test too, but I, I think they should have confidence because I like the weapons that I see, even though they weren't successful as I thought they could be on Friday. And But credit's to TA. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure it would have changed the outcome in the game. In fact, I'm fairly certain it wouldn't have, but... I would have been interested to see if Tyree plays the whole game, how much better Wilson's offense looks. I, I felt like when you lose a weapon like Tyree, and hopefully he's not out for a long time, I, that may impact what Wilson can do in the future in yeah. other games. But um, it, it did kind of hamper their offense, and that was noticeable. Uh, it was hard for them to really move the ball. They really struggled at times moving the ball. Defensively, I actually thought, uh, in the first half, Wilson played extremely well defensively. They kind of bent some. They didn't really break. And then in the second half, I think they just got tired. I mean, they were out on the field the entire time. Uh, There's a lot of three and outs. And then TA was starting to get better field position. And it just kind of got away from them a little bit. And that score line reflects that. But at the end of the game, you know, I would say I... I mean, it's not, yeah, I would say there's definitely, yeah, I I would say, I I don't think Wilson can come away saying if we have another game, you know, well, I, I don't think they could come away from that game saying we should have won that game. I, I don't think that was in the cards Friday night. Now going in, I thought maybe it was, but it was very clear when the clock hit zeros, that was just not in the cards that night. TA was the better team. Yeah. TA has more weapons. Yeah. TA just played a better game. They they constantly were putting pressure on Wilson um, anytime they tried to throw the ball. There were defensive multiple defensive linemen usually in the backfield immediately. Yeah. Uh, so I think that Pettit guy was really good. Pettit was really good. Uh, part of that is size, uh, and I, I just not that Wilson's small, but TA had some absolute monsters on the defensive and line. They had that size and, and paired with some talent, some football yeah. talent. It wasn't just big lugs running around out there. I mean, they definitely had been coached well and had come up well playing. And yeah, I, I, you know, you talk about a potential rematch or something like, I think seeding will get weird for that to happen, but maybe it's possible. It is, it is possible. They see each other again in a playoff situation. And I, I, I would, if I was Wilson, I'd, play that tape all week and say, hey, look how bad they beat us last time. And, you know, we know they're going to do this. Look how big that guy is. He ain't any smaller now. Like, you're going to have to be ready to play this. Like, I, I, I would like the idea of that on tape. Um, but 
yeah, Wilson or TA is probably going to still be favored then. I, I, I don't know who's going to beat TA between now and then. I, I probably should look at their entire schedule to really know that, but like, whew, they, they have a lot, a lot, a lot of weapons over there. And uh, I think they should have expectations to, you know, play one of those Lynchburg teams. Now well, they probably have to travel down there, but the better they do, if they're undefeated between now and then they might not, they might be able to host one of those Lynchburg teams because sometimes those Lynchburg, I mean, there's some of those Lynchburg teams have to play each other. So yeah. one of them's going to have a loss. So I think it's a potential an undefeated TA team could be like a two seed. So, you know, maybe, maybe I, I'm saying too much there, but I, I don't know. They're really good. They are really good. And the problem when you're playing TA is if you slow down Bo Baylor, then you got to slow down Micah Shank on the ground. And if you slow down Micah yeah. Shank on the ground, then you got to slow him down passing. And you're not going to because you're not going to slow down Micah Matthews. Micah Matthews had a phenomenal game. Yeah. He had one of the best catches I've ever seen in a high school game when uh, I yeah. believe it was uh, the defensive back for Wilson was right there in his face, step for step, hand up. And Micah Matthews just leaps up, one hand catch, gets his foot inbounds along the sideline for the catch. Yeah. And I was just like, I, I said it on air, you know, I was, and I'll say it here. I, I don't know how you stop that. I, I, I don't know what else the kid could have done for Wilson to make that an incomplete pass. Yeah, uh, the I, kid, I think, was over there. Yeah. Um, the, the one I'm thinking of wasn't Balcom covering him, but uh, oh, okay. It, it was. It was just a really insane catch along the sideline, and at the end of it, I was like, "Yeah, I don't know, man. I, sometimes you just got to tip your cap and realize, like, hey, that guy's better, and he made a better play. <laughs> yeah, sometimes good football beats good football, uh, and that's that's kind of what was going on there, especially early on for Wilson. I, I felt like they weren't yeah. playing bad defense. It's not like Micah Matthews is wide open. He's just Shank is getting it into tight windows." And Matthews is making good catches because he's a great receiver. And I, I think that's what makes TA so dangerous this season is they just have so many weapons on the offensive side of the ball, so many weapons on the defensive and, side of the ball. It's it's nearly impossible to hold them down. Everything we've talked about and in and, and the first quarter, it was 0-0 through one quarter because Wilson was able to find – a stop here and a, get an interception there. Like they were able to maneuver that. And then, like we said, we don't think things would change if Tyree was there, but if I'm Wilson, if you play him again, I'd look to that first quarter and say, look, we did have success with them when we were fully loaded. Now, you know, some of that could be adjusting and we're not really talking about how easily TA ran right up the middle on them all, all second, third and fourth quarters. But I, I would use that as motivation or, or like an example of success against this team but that's um you're talking about Micah Matthews that third down I mean it's just that's the it's the cheat code yes <laughs> third yeah. down we'll just toss to him and he'll catch it like that's, that's but that's part of the problem I was alluding to right like Wilson very early yeah. it made it be known TA was not going to get on the outside of him they weren't going to be running to the outside and getting big plays there and on screen right. passes whether it was to Young or Matthews they were doing a good job wrapping up and tackling quickly and so anything side to side TA wanted to do wasn't really working so in the second half, as you touched on there, they, they did kind of go to the, up the middle, and that's what Wilson was giving up to take away the boundary. And I'm sure if Wilson had just packed the box, then we would have seen Wilson T.A. go back out to the boundary and been able to make those plays. And the play I was thinking of was uh, Isaiah Scott, to give him credit on what was uh, yeah. a, a good coverage. I mean, he was right in the face of Micah Matthews doing everything he could, and Micah Matthews just looped up and made a better play. But... uh yeah, it, it, that's the that's kind of the problem when you're playing TAs. It's really hard to stop everything they do. 
But now Wilson plays Spotswood. I, I don't think Spotswood yeah. is an unattain- unobtainable goal if you're Wilson. I do think, and again, a lot of this depends on the health of the team when, when certain games come around and, and for their opponents. But I, I wouldn't rule out any district game for Wilson Memorial at this point in the season. Um, I do kind of want to see improvement from last week uh, to to think maybe a Riverheads win would be realistic. But right now, I would say I could very much see them in that ballgame. Yeah. Uh, Spotswood, they lost to Rustburg to open the season 28-24, to and then they beat Western Alamara 52-14, to which I – is Western Alamara on Wilson's schedule this year? I forget. Uh, yes. They, they are, right? Yep. That's going to be a win. Yeah, in the next week. So there you go. So, yeah, this week can uh, teach you a lot about Wilson. I think, you know, answer some of these – answer some of the thoughts that came out of this TA game can be answered quickly with a with a nice game against Spotswood and, and contend in this game, maybe win it, and then also help your mindset going into the next week against Western Almarl. I, I mean, at this moment, I'd pick Wilson to win this game because I, I don't think Spotswood's just – as good as TA. And um, yeah. so I think I, I would give Wilson a really good shot in this one. So I, I think it'll be but that Rustburg. That, that Rustburg loss doesn't look that bad. That's no, it doesn't. Rustburg's two and oh, they, they play Appomattox this past week. They handled Appomattox this past week. So, you know, that rolls Rustburg into Stewart's draft this week. The Cougars, you know, righted the ship going down to Surrey County and blasted Surrey County off the face of the earth as we expected them to do. Uh, they win that game 62 to 21. Um, so uh, I guess that's I mean, my, I'm mixed up on what I wrote down and what's. Yeah, what's no, you're right. Here. They're playing Rustburg next. You in the notes, you have, you put one week ahead. for Lorraine, draft. Yeah. 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 Draft plays the right next week. They play Rustburg this week. And I yep. think that's the game you're going to end up seeing in person. I won't be there for it uh, though. I will do pregame with you, but yeah, a 2-0 Rustburg team coming into Stewart's draft this Friday who not much, no, a whole lot of reason to talk about what they did at Surrey County. Scored from a bunch of different ways. Defense played well. Great. That's what we expect out of them. Now here's a solid little test here with Rustburg, a game that I think you and I would have probably assumed draft, you know, if they're as good as they think they are. Maybe not as good as we thought they were. If we if they're as good as they hope to be, they would win that game. And now that Rustburg's 2-0, seeing who they beat, yeah, you, you kind of throw that back up in the air a little bit. So I think this is a nice game, your biggest game of the week three in my mind. Yeah, I agree with you there. It just seems like the best game we're going to get this week is going to be that draft Rustburg game. And if we don't end up doing that game, it's just because the next week there's draft Larray, which is another good draft game to call. Yeah, another good draft game. Um, and and yeah. the other games <laughs> maybe aren't as ideal, uh, but that's that might be just a, a scheduling thing, not uh, what we think the best game of the week is going to be. Because I, any game outside of draft Rustburg, I think is, I don't know. Maybe Waynesboro Broadway will be a good game. I think the other ones are kind of decided. Um, so so home, the games being played in the county, yeah, the games I, being played in the county. I tend to agree. Yes. And we'll talk about a lot of them, but I, I, I'm really interested to see what draft does this week. I. I for their sake, I, I want it to go well for them. You know, they I, I just still can't believe how many kids are off that roster from a year ago. Mm-hmm. Sure, graduation took half of them, but <laughs> that's usually 90% of the kids you're missing are for graduation, not half. So I, I'm just still interested to see what they're doing. Those Graber boys are going to have to be good again. 
Um, Rustburg's going to be big. I mean, they, they grow them big down there. Yeah. So, you know, draft's going to have to use some of what they've used in the past. They've had success in the past, not being a bigger team. And uh, they're going to have to have some of that I guess come back to them. If we want to rewind back to Wilson and do what we did last week, Wilson Spotswood, I, I do think Wilson wins that game. Oh. Um, yes. We did not see Tyree the rest of that game. We don't know anything official on his health status as far as I've heard. <sighs> So, assuming he was out of that game, assuming he won't be playing this game, I still like Wilson. I think it's close. I'll take him by a touchdown. I, I like Kayvon Jones, what he was able to do mm-hmm. from the running back position for him, getting 61 yards. I think you might see more Monday if the game plan initially. They know they're not going to have t- Tyree. I think they'll kind of plan for that appropriately and uh, have Monday maybe run the ball a little bit more. Tabler ran the ball for a lot from quarterback, and there was even some times where they switched yeah. uh, who was taking the snap and let Tabler run it traditionally from a running back position. Let that well, get that's there. another injury that may be there, Balcom. Oh, yeah, Balcom did come I, off. Because I, right. Balcom, so, I think Balcom being at the quarterback position when he was was more out of the necessity of they didn't want him off the field. They wanted him to be a threat, and they thought maybe that was another way to get Tabler the ball rather than snap it to him and have him run. I'm taking Wilson this week. I, I unless I find out a lot of information for sure, different. Uh, even even Tyree being out, I still I'll, I'll take that coaching staff figuring things out this week. Yeah. Looking at draft, we had moved to draft. Uh, I think that's a tough one. Um, mm-hmm. I like to pick my local teams, but I, I think that's a tough one. So uh, I'm not saying I won't change by Friday, but uh, at this moment, I'm just leaning Rustburg just from what they what I've seen. The scores come in now I'll do my research and I'll see stats and I'll see what they got this week and prepare some notes for Friday. But at the moment, if I had to choose, I'm, I'm probably looking at Rustburg. I, I think I could very well see this being another one point loss for draft yeah. against Rustburg because I think their defense is going to keep them in this game. Their defense is legitimately good. Point. They're going really good to slow the offense of Rustburg down. My question is, I, I like seeing 62 on the board this week. But my question is, when they play somebody like Rustburg, who's going to be a lot closer to King William than Surrey County, uh, what what does the offense put up on the scoreboard? What are they able to accomplish? I'm not sure it's going to be enough. And I think I agree with you. I would lean Rustburg right now. Looking at Riverheads, they played on Saturday, went down to Tazewell, had that long trip. And you know, it's probably a long week for them to come off a loss, which, you know, starts everybody talking and all the haters, you know, start burying them and all the supporters, you start to hear the wonderings, you know, well, are they quite as good as we expect and, and, and all that. And I think a 35 to seven told me about Riverheads that this defense is there. And, uh, you know, defense, a lot of times, a lot of seasons, I would say, um, not just for Riverheads, for a lot of teams, defense kind of gets there first. You know, they, the, the way prep for a season, get everybody familiar with each other, the timing, the blocking, and everything that happens in offense. Defense is reaction and knowing your opponent, and I think it's easier to be there. So Riverheads has only given up two touchdowns on the season. I think that, yeah, you know, you tell Ray Norcross that before the season, hey, after week two, you'll only given up 14 points. He'd smile and be happy with that. Um the one and one because of that it is fine too. So 35 to seven, some things got sorted out on offense. They got um, a throw in touchdown this week. So they did let the quarterback throw a couple times. Uh, it wasn't air river heads, but we, you know, you didn't, you never expect air river heads to come flying out. So 
Um, they didn't have Caden Cook cash. I, I felt like that was expected just based on knowing he was banged up last week. And, and without disrespect to Taswell, no one knows Taswell they're playing. Just not rushing Caden back out there. Uh, he's playing for a lot. They need him later in the season. Um, he's playing for a lot for his future too. So, you know, don't rush him right back out there the next week. And uh, they had some good fill-in. They had Austin Roberts, as we expect. He had a lot of carries, 11 carries, 68 yards. Jonathan Talbot, the sophomore running back that ran more in the second half against Central Woodstock uh, last week. He ran 17 times this week for 127 yards. He had a touchdown. Uh, Dunlap ran the ball nine times for 11 yards and a touchdown. So good to see some of those other guys kind of mixed in there. And that's kind of your answers. You know, if, if not Caden, then who? And, and I think those are the names we're going to say first. Um, Fullback got five carries for 27 yards. So still some blocking issues up front. I mean, again, I, I keep talking about fullback for Riverheads. I keep not wanting to put it on him, but the fullback carries are not producing yards right now. And I think that's a blocking issue, particularly up the middle. So I think they're going to have to straighten that out. But I think uh, that can let the Riverheads faithful kind of start to sigh a little bit of a relief. They got Fort Defiance coming in this week. It's Hall of Fame night home opener up at Riverhead. So there'll be a bunch of people in there uh, for a cross County game. And, you know, this is a Fort Defiance team while we're, you know, talking about them. They, they had a disappointing loss. I think there's only one way to say about it. So before we kind of break down what's about to happen, we'll still talk about Fort Defiance and they go down to Allegheny County. And that is just not the result I expected. I picked Fort to win. Sure. But for them just to get kind of smoked down there, 34 to six tells me Allegheny County is better than I thought they were. But also this Fort defense that we were optimistic about going into the season, I, it's not there. <laughs> they got to pull it together. And maybe losing um, their coach to Wilson is, is causing more problems than we expected down there. So I, I wasn't happy with that result. We would expect to see more. And it doesn't get any easier for Fort now, going to Riverhead. So I, I, it's just hard for me to imagine this not just being another Riverhead's beatdown. And I would have said that in July, but even more so now, I think even more to the point, I think Fort is, is not going to have enough to, to challenge Riverheads deep into this game. Yeah. Um, it, it's definitely not the season Fort wanted uh, two games in this is the TA game is really tough. You know, seeing what we saw offensively from TA, I, I think even a good defense gives up a bunch of points against TA. Allegheny may have another great offense and we're not giving Allegheny enough credit, but at at a certain point, and this is what I touched on at the beginning of the year and on, you know, tailgate shows and, and all that. This team's not young anymore. This team has experience. Maybe they're juniors. Maybe there's a lot of juniors in there and that would be true, but they have experience because they've been playing as freshmen and sophomores. And so when I, when I don't see them take that step, it's, I'm not trying to be mean, but it's just, to me, it's a fact at that point. Like, okay, this, this is the ceiling. This is Fort, and that's fine. But then when you're playing other district teams, like, you are what you are. And I think this is maybe a Fort team that is just five and five may not be in the cards for them. And playoffs may not be in the cards for them. And if they are, they're going to be one of the last few seeds in, and they're going to play Central, or they're going to play Riverheads, or they're going to play Clark County, and that's going to be a not fun experience for them. So I think we're we're I'm kind of at the point where like this team just is what it is, and, and I don't think we're going to see that improvement because I think maybe 
that they've gotten the most they can out of these kids. And I hope I'm wrong. I, I, I would like to see the growth. I'd like to see improvement, but I'm just not seeing it. And I know we're setting up for a game for them to play Riverheads. Who's just that's going like, to be another bad game. They're going to be 0-3. That's it. Yeah, and 0-3 looks here. But I, I'm still not ruling out that they can find a couple wins uh, at least. In the They'll next, find a couple wins. When they play Broadway, Madison, Waynesboro. But then I think that's limited. I think that's their okay, win that's three. Right there. The three. Yeah, that, I was going to say, but that's, like, that might be hit until the end of the season. Yeah. Yeah, and then so then you're you're hoping to match what you did last year, and that's that's not the step in the right direction that we wanted to see. So yeah, I mean specifically on this game, I think Riverheads wins going away. Um, you'd like to see Riverheads offense working a little bit a little bit better. If I'm talking to Fort Defiance, I'm saying, hey, look at these, look at this video. You have a Riverheads, and you see a couple fumbles. You know you, they've lost some fumbles this year, and and that's not Riverheads way. Do whatever you can to cause that, you know, go in there beating that football, you know, make sure you're hacking while you're tackling kind of thing uh, is my advice to Fort Defiance. And, and, you know, Riverheads at the same time, you hear me say that, get better, stop fumbling the ball, you know, work, go through those drills where everybody's beating on you or those pads are getting knocked into you because that's, that's hurting them right now. So I still think this is a three score game. Yeah. I, yeah, they can fumble the ball and probably still win by three scores. Uh, the last of these one and one teams setting up here uh, is the Stanton Storm. They did exactly what I wanted to see them do this week. Really proud to see. I have not got stat lines out of that game yet, um, but 42 nothing. I like the scoring. I like that shutout. And that's what I called for on Friday night. I said, I really want to see a, a shutout by Stanton tonight. Uh, that defense is supposed to be strong. They're returning all these weapons. We should see a low number on the defensive side. Shutout can't do any better than that. Problem is now they got Central Woodstock coming in. And so uh, they're going to need everything working on the offense. And that defense is going to have to give that same kind of effort again, just to have them in a, in a game, in a game situation where they might have some kind of chance. I, I think Central's too strong. I think Central was built up for that first game, maybe played a little bit tight with Riverheads um, and Riverheads caused them some problems, not scoring this and that. And then I think that wore into the second game. I think we saw a little more of that tightness against East Rock while they were losing early. I think seven, nothing, nothing much, but losing early. But then it's gotten right. They, they beat East Rock by a few touchdowns there. So I think Central's flowing a little bit better. They got offense moving a little better. I think that's going to be too much for the Storm. I think too many things for the Storm to stop. Um, it's, this team is incredibly better than what uh, they just saw a week ago with Rockbridge. So I think this is going to be a tough week for the Storm. Uh, maybe, and I know the game ended up being decided by by a few scores there, and and that was it turned around quickly in like the second quarter, I believe. Yeah, um, I I still came away from that game though thinking like, oh, okay, like they were they were in it, um, and I know the final score didn't end up being what they wanted there against Central, but. It, to me, I'm not saying Central Stanton's going to win this game. I, I don't think that, but Central won 40 to 60, 40 to 14 was the final. We're we're dancing around those numbers. <laughs> Central. Beat I was going to say I was looking for the final. Yeah. I didn't see the final, but I 40 to 14. Yeah. I do remember East Rock was winning at one point, and I think at halftime it was still somewhat close. So it's like a second sure. half game where it got out of hand from East Rock. Um, I do think Stanton's defense, being what it is, being really good, I, I could see them hanging around in the ball game. I just don't think the offense is going to be able to match it. Right. It feels like Central's, 20, Central's feels defense like is also really good. Game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think this is at least a two score game, yeah. uh, probably a three plus score game. Um, and 
Uh, I would just like to see Stanton's defense keep them in it for a little bit. I would like to yeah. see some production out of the offense, put up some points. Uh, but uh, this isn't a game. And that, and that Jeff Rawl guy that can make a big play. Set that ball and take it to the house. Yeah, if you never know what play. can happen. So get that, that can help you. Yeah, but I think right now at 1-1, one one, if you lose this game, it's 1-2. Then you're looking ahead at James River the following week. Get back to 500 before you go into your murderer's row portion of the schedule. Um, yeah. And that might be tough. But I, I think in a perfect world, they're 3-1 three and, three and one getting to that point in the schedule. But um, you can't dwell on that now. I, I just – I think – this is an important game for Stanton in terms of a measuring stick to just to keep it in the ball game for for the first half. You mean two and two headed into murderer's row? Yes, I said in a perfect world you'd be three and one, but you're going to yeah, be two yeah. and two. Yeah, preseason you were hoping. I, I think preseason we were hoping they'd be three and one here. They're going to be two and two, and uh, uh, that'll be tough. Um, that's tough. That's a tough stretch. I decided to open that up against draft. Wilson River has boom, boom, boom. Um, all right. Buffalo Gap, 0-2. They lost to LeRae. Uh, they did force overtime uh, at 22 apiece at the end of regulation. But LeRae gets an overtime touchdown. Gap does not. And so, uh, you know, this is what we thought. I mean, honestly, this is what we said in the pre- preseason show, is that we just thought Gap was going to have some struggles. Now, I thought they'd have beat James River by now, but – you know, looking ahead, like it's it's going to be week five before you really hope they're going to win. I Clark agree. County is looking great. Clark County just beat the pants off of Keen William. New Keen William has a tough schedule, and that was their second straight trip to this side of the state. But absolutely demolished Keen William. Keen William, the team that Stewart's draft was right, you know, one point loss a week ago. So credit to Clark County, they're for real. They're they got something brewing up there. I've ignored it. You didn't. I give you that credit. But now they're playing Buffalo Gap, who I still think is trying to find themselves. I like that they scored a bit more in this game, but I I still just think Clark County, I think, is playing at a different class of football right now. Um, so, you know, I, I think Gap had some lessons that from forcing overtime and Larray and this and that, and they were winning at some points in that game. So I, they're still getting through that. But I think this is lesson year for Buffalo Gap, and it stinks for the seniors. But I think this is the year where Gap tries to get back better so next year they can maybe – play deeper into the season. I just, I think this game is going to remind us again that Buffalo gap isn't going to be playing in December um, and maybe not many weeks in November. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the part that would worry me if I was Buffalo gap, because it was 22, 22 at halftime. And I know the defense played better in that second half, but the offense didn't. And they went away. Yeah. That's the part that worries me with this Buffalo Gap team because James River was a game they were winning, they were winning, and then it slipped away. And it kind of felt like this Larray game, they were tight the whole time. And as you said, they were even winning some points. Uh, but to get no points in the second half, then go into overtime, get blanked in overtime, uh, and, and come up short because of that, I, I really have no reason to think that Clark County is a winnable game for them. I, I would love to be proven wrong, but I, I think, Again, kind of like we talked with Ford a little bit, it just is what it is. And I think the facts that we have so far on what this Buffalo Gap team is, is not what Clark County is. I, when I saw the Clark County yeah. King William score, I didn't look at the King William draft game and go, oh, maybe draft uh, should have beaten King William. It, it didn't make me think worse of King William. 
it, it made me think Clark County is even better than I maybe gave them credit for. Uh, I had them as a top seven team in our in the area in that DNR poll, but um, yeah, after that, I was like, mm, maybe this is a top five team in our area because that is a good team. They just absolutely walloped, and they're gonna now get their hands on Buffalo Gap, and that's gonna be another lopsided game. Yeah, so. I, I had the other thing, I, I said this Friday pretty hard. I wish they could find a kicker out of Buffalo Gap because they have all these one-point games. And, I mean, that's two games that at, at the end of regulation is very tight and where a, an extra point or something like that could really help things. And uh, we haven't been seeing those ever for Buffalo Gap since since you've been in this area. Yeah. I haven't been seeing this. It's weird. Um, The last team, Waynesboro. Man, we thought we had Waynesboro going to get a win this week. Uh, we were pretty excited about it. Now, we might have assumed that win too early because uh, Monticello for the second straight week comes all the way back and wins that game, even gets another score to win by two scores, wins 27-17 over the Little Giants and, you know, continue to find a tough way for Waynesboro to move forward and find victories. This week against Broadway is is one of those opportunities. They're coming off a win. They just beat Strasburg. So I don't I don't think this is as great an opportunity as you might have hoped. Um Obviously, next week when they play TA won't be that either. So, yeah, Broadway this week for the Little Giants. Uh, they get to play at home. Um, they're going to have their hands full against a team that's not super, but probably good enough. Yeah, I, we definitely saw the improvement from Waynesboro. Um, yeah, they were winning. Uh, they yep. took care of the ball pretty well, I think, the quick article I read. They, they were winning, and I think – the most disheartening part is you had a two-score lead in the fourth quarter and you turned that into a two-score defeat. Um, that would be the part that would worry me in the Broadway game. Uh, because, look, we, we've touched on it with some other teams. I, I just worry that this Waynesboro team is is kind of that young, unexperienced team. And after having a two-score lead in the fourth quarter and seeing it turn into a two-score loss, you kind of you, you do worry on the sideline. They're going to feel like no lead is safe. And it's almost like a win win does the other team beat us? When do we make a mistake and the other team comes back and wins? Like, that kind of thing. And so that would be my worry in the Broadway game. I hope this, that Waynesboro finds a way to win this game because I think this is probably the last game where I would say they've got a puncher's chance. Because yeah. I think once you get in the district, yeah. unfortunately, I just don't think that's in the cards. You just got to get to those points in the second half. I guess it was late third when things started really shifting in, in Monticello's area. You know, that interception late, uh, I think nine that, minutes that left in the fourth was yeah. that interception, pick six. I mean, they just can't have that. That's that's what you got to avoid. Um, and, and that's a that's a lesson. But for a team that is only going to have so many opportunities for a win, you hate those lessons to cost you wins. Uh, you like those lessons to be had when things are already decided or don't get in the way that much of winning. So it, it's that's just tough. Um, that the Brent. Uh, yeah, I mean they're they were good. I they're still putting together who's going to be who's going to be good for them. You know they have the running back uh, Brent who had 117 yards for the game. He had two touchdowns. That guy that's the new name this week that I kind of see standing out for Waynesboro. I'm interested to see see him and see what he can do. But uh, yeah, it, you know, it's different. You know we we talked a lot so far about teams that have these different goals. Waynesboro is just trying to find wins and uh, you hate to see one slip away. That's what's what you really hate. Yeah. And cause it's Broadway this week, then it's TA next week. That's yeah. not going to be a win. Um, and then those first two district games, I mean, that's it. Right. 
Gap and Fort, if they're still struggling, Gap and Fort, you and you're starting to put things together and clicking, maybe one of those turns into a win. But outside of that, then it's your bye week. And unfortunately, you'd like kind of the bye week to be in between one of those uh, before the Gap or the Fort game. So you have like an extra week to prepare for that maybe. Instead, your bye week comes before Stewart's draft. And I just, I don't think that is a realistic goal for this team this year. Yeah. Uh, so that's it for high school football this week. The volleyball, we didn't talk about it much last week because uh, we were tied. We had a lot last week. Uh, but Fort Defiance is, you know, the, the leader in the area. That's the team we kind of picked to win the Shenandoah District. Um, they've had a, a couple bumps already. They lost to Rockbridge County, uh, what was that, two weeks ago. Uh, they did the tournament last weekend over there, um, I think, at Fluvanna. They lost to TA. They lost to Western Albemarle on that. And then they lost to Spotswood this week in a, in a more traditional match. So uh, one to three, they lost that Spotswood one. Uh, Spotswood, a good, solid program. The Rockbridge, we know the battles they've had. So seeing those losses isn't the end of the world. You just kind of hate to see both of them. They played TA this week um, as they've split with TA so far. They played them in that tournament, um, but also beat them to open up the season. So I want to see how their, how their mindset is this week with a big matchup against TA. But then again, Next week, uh, on next uh, uh, Monday, I believe it is, they play Rockbridge County again. So they're going to have that. These are two big matchups against Valley District opponents that are probably going to be in those 3C playoffs. So I think this is a, a little important stretch here before they get into the district. I still think Fort's going to fare well in the district. Buffalo Gap's that other team in the district. I say kind of watch for this year to see if they can take a step up. They've beat Mountain View twice and lost to Luray. And uh, so they, they have a lot of schedule ahead of them. Uh, so I, I wouldn't write them off yet, but I don't think they've proven me right yet either. Uh, Riverheads has been that other consistent team in volleyball. Uh, you know, they beat Strasburg twice, lost to Central twice uh, with some bull run games. Uh, but they're going to get their district season started next week against Wilson. And I think that's a great way uh, to start that district season to have a nice Riverheads-Wilson matchup. Um, that's a big week of, uh, of games there. So a lot to look forward to with volleyball. It's still the non-district time. I, I always look for this to tell me what Fort is because of, of Fort being in the Shenandoah district, they've gone undefeated in this district, I believe, the last two years. Um, so seeing what they're doing right now and seeing more losses than wins against those tougher teams, maybe a spot of concern, um, but this is a, a program that's used to winning and, you know, you kind of have faith that they, they could write that ship, but uh, you want to start seeing some of those signs. You want to see maybe a better matches. These two coming up against TA and uh, Rockbridge, you know, take some sets or not get swept and, you know, avenge that last loss to TA kind of thing. So. Yeah. But, but then again, I mean, I know two B is not the easiest region in volleyball either, but it's not three C. And so no, the I TA Rockbridge is not well the same kind of, you're going to have, it's just confidence. not the same level of concern that it would be in if it was, yeah. you know, the last few years. True. Then you'd be really worried because you're like, okay, well, these are opponents that we aren't yeah. figuring out That's and we're going to run into them. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. whereas, you know, it's it's more of the Lorrays that and Strasburgs that are kind of the teams you're looking at in 2B. Um, but Central probably too. Add yes. Central to that list. Yep. Um, not, not saying Riverheads is everything, but if they beat Riverheads, they swept Riverheads twice, they're obviously going to have something to say in the postseason. Yeah, um, but yeah, it, I I am very interested to see with the number of two B teams we have in this district, and then three C being the other big portion. I am interested to see what happens when we get the district season started. 
Um, Moving on to college football, we did make picks on Twitter. We forgot to do that on the episode. We didn't talk about them on here, but we made picks. (laughs) Um, So that's fine. We might make the habit of that because I don't know if I'm ready to make picks tonight either. So watch our Twitter page for picks. Oh, uh, no. You need to have them ready. You need to have them ready. I don't have them ready today. Well, get ready. (laughs) Uh, When I'm talking, you go look and find one. Um, or I guess you need to find two and then there's uh, let's, the tech let's start game with and... the Hokies. Let's start with the Hokies. Cause I want to start with all positive and where generally we were right. We both thought the Hokies would win that game. This is an opponent that's been a bit of a thorn for the Hokies, mostly going to ODU, but here's a home game and I'll, I'll take the win. I'm not saying it was perfect. I'm not saying there's not a list of things that I didn't like that the Hokies did, but I'll take the win. I'll take the amount of points that we scored in that game and use that to something to build off of. I like the stat line from Grant Wells, not world beating, not doesn't, doesn't convince me he's the best quarterback anywhere, but I don't give us more stat lines than that, like that. And we're going to be a bowl team. Um, But he also didn't make some large amount of plays where I'm like, Oh, we could beat some people either. So I, I don't know. I'll take it. I'll take the win. I'm happy. Uh, man, it's a lot better than losing, but, uh, yeah, there's still, still concerns, but we knew that. And that's why I'm hoping for a bowl game and not planning on a bowl game. Yeah. I I thought (laughs) I I didn't get to watch a ton of this game. I got to watch a little bit of it. Uh, and most of it was when the game was already decided. I was kind of scoreboard watching there on my phone. Um, and you'll find out why I wasn't watching, uh, at the D block, but it was, it was just when I was looking at the scores early in the game, I was just like, this is not good. And finally the second half came and they did better. And the offense did a little bit better. The defense still played solid. And my issues with the defense is that so many times we're going in the backfield and we're just going straight after the running back and ignoring the quarterback who has never let go of the football. And like, I, I think we got to use our eyes a touch, you know, or I don't know. It's just too many times that we made this quarterback look like a great running quarterback. I, not He never looked like Michael Vick, but he looked like, a, you know, somebody that could run downfield. And um, he's a young quarterback that had no experience in a big stadium. And I just don't think we ever rattled him the way we should because we didn't slam him in the face when he, you know, didn't give the ball to that running back. We want him to give the ball to the running back. Everybody's coming for that running back. But that first guy in the backfield, go tackle the football. Not tackle the running back who doesn't have the ball. Tackle the football. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I know. And that's... <laughs> uh, other games, we'll, we'll keep it local first. Uh, yeah. The other win for the local team was JMU beating Bucknell, which wasn't, you know, a, a big shock. Uh, they started a young quarterback. They started a young quarterback, and I think he's not going to start the next game. Um, he did not do well. That was when JMU was actually throwing up some scores that I was like, what are we doing? Um, and making me rethink my trip to Charlottesville this weekend uh, for a little bit. But Don't worry. UVA still played their game. Yeah, but... <laughs> Uh, okay, but UVA is better than Bucknell, and when it's you know seventeen to three at halftime, it was three nothing in the first quarter. Uh, that's a concern. Um, 
they did put up 21 more points and, you know, put 35 points between them and Bucknell at the end of the game. So mission accomplished. But McLeod came in. He threw for 144 yards and two touchdowns as the backup. And I would imagine he's going to be the starter next game. Like, I just, I don't see how he, I, in fact, I think Kurt Signetti today already said that he's starting against UVA, which makes sense. So yeah. I, I think that, he's a little bit older, right? So, yep. He's a transfer from a, from another FBS yeah. program. So I think he will play. I think he'll be better. Uh, and, and that's one of the reasons Signetti said in his press conference, he's, you know, he's been in the arena before he's, he's used to big FBS football. I think that's probably the wise decision. This other kid's just a freshman. Go ahead, let him be behind for a year, and then if he's ready, he can take over next year. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, he made like the ultimate sin interception to start that game, where he, yeah, went left, then came back right, threw off his back foot weakly, and it just was easily. He was lucky it wasn't pick six. Yeah. Um, so I, I am interested to see what happens in in Charlottesville. UVA did lose their game against Tennessee. It was a game that just um, for UVA was never never going great. Uh, they were only down seven in the first quarter, which was good, but that was already out of hand by mm-hmm. halftime, and then the second half got even worse. I, I have this feeling, and I don't. I'm not hearing you say the same thing. I, it seemed like all three of these games, Tech, JMU, UVA, they all started kind of slow. And, yeah. and I think that's the beginning of the season kind of thing. And that's so I kind of, in my view, excuse Tech a little bit with that, uh, just, to, just to a degree, because they ended up playing better. And also, I'm not taking away that Tech's some kind of awesome team. JMU, uh, though, wasn't just slow. I'm not taking that Tennessee isn't great. Um, I don't know. It, the difference here, though, Leland, is Tech and Tennessee it. didn't make personnel changes to speed things up. JMU had to make a personnel change to click. Well, didn't UVA, UVA's quarterback got hurt, didn't he? I didn't see the game. I don't know that. Okay. Things we should know before we talk about it on the podcast. Um, that, that's me. That's me that brought it up. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. So let's keep talking about what happened last week. So Colorado is the story of college football. Yep. I said they were going to get murdered. Uh, I, that was my actual TCU was my lock of the week. Uh, that blew up right yeah. in my face. Um, and that kind of set up the rest of Saturday in terms of my upset also letting me down South Carolina. Um, but honestly, to me, hats off to Dion. I, I didn't think he could do it. But he brought in a bunch of kids. And I think maybe TCU was a little bit overrated. Maybe they're not a top 25 team. But Dion also looked really good. His son threw for over 500 yards, had four touchdowns. I don't care who you're playing. Um, there were no picks, so it's not like they were just throw, 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 throw. Oh, man, we made some turnovers, but we just threw it to the point where it didn't matter and we made up for it. No picks, 500 yards passing, four touchdowns. The defense did make some stops on Colorado's side of the ball. I came away impressed, and I, I think their next game is against Nebraska. That's a win. So. That's Colorado, I think, is going to be maybe I don't think they're going to win the Pac-12, but I think they're going to be a little bit better than uh, myself and others gave them credit for before the season. Yeah, I mean, I'm just not a huge Dion fan, but a credit to him. I mean, and and where he's talking post game, people doubted us. You know, what are you saying now? Shut up. Yeah, like, I guess I'm going to shut up. Like, I, I don't have I don't have evidence to tell you that they aren't going to be, you know, 
decent and and good and maybe they make a bowl game and stuff like that i i would slow people's roll about a college football playoff and stuff like that that was one game and yeah i don't think know, they're they college football players off season say that again I, I would agree there i don't think they're college football playoff yeah. team yeah and they 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 were able to prepare for tcu for eight months you know <laughs> like they they knew they they had all the coach in the world or i guess maybe not eight months they only got to colorado uh seven months ago but still that's the first game of the season. They were really prepared. They look great. I, I would just slow the roll about, you know, college football playoff. They play Oregon the week after next. They play USC at the end of September. I think those are the kind of games I want to see them win before I'm going to start opening up a conversation to what they can do in January. So, um, you know, and, and I'm going to leave that door open. I'm not closing the door. I'm just saying, wait a second, guys, calm down. That was in TCU coming off a national championship game appearance. I get it. I get the reasons why people are saying it, but I would just say, you know, let's get into weekly preparation and playing some tough opponents, time, you know, time after time and experienced teams. And uh, yeah, we'll see what we get, but uh, it's going to set up. I mean, if, if they're undefeated when they play, especially USC uh, at the end of the month, that's going to be a monster game. So that that'll be fun. Um, I, they were fun to watch speed all over the place. My goodness. They were fast. Yeah. I, I'll say this. I like their odds against USC more than I do Oregon. Uh, one, that game is in Colorado. Two, they could go to Oregon. Um, three, USC's defense is not good. Yeah. So I could see this being the TCU kind of game where we see a shootout, and I think Colorado's defense is better than USC's defense. So I could see Colorado. Man, that was a Big Twelve team, though. That's that's Colorado who's going to go back to the Big Twelve playing a Big Twelve team. That was a classic Big Twelve game. <laughs> yeah. No defense anywhere. This past game just. Oof. Yeah. Um, that was fun. That was fun. It, it'll be fun. Uh, the next two games are definitely wins for them, though. So they'll be three and zero going into that Oregon game. That'll be a game of the week when they when they play. And if Colorado does find a way to beat Oregon, then the USC game is going to be even bigger. Um, but like you said, but yeah. Um, another game that uh, I already touched on: South Carolina lost, uh, and it wasn't. Honestly, Spencer Rattler, 353 yards passing, no turnovers. He just didn't have any touchdowns because he got sacked nine times. That offensive line was not great. Uh, the good news for I, – and I guess that's good news for UNC because last year their defense was the reason they weren't better. And, and this week, at least the front pass rush looks better. They got a lot of sacks. I don't think that's going to be you know, sustainable to get nine a game. But they won this game against the South Carolina team that was – very even with them um, and in terms of, you know, what Vegas thought. Uh, but North Carolina, I, I thought it was a very good week for the ACC as a whole. There wasn't that embarrassing loss for the ACC this week. Yeah. UNC winning that game really caps it uh, well. I mean, that Pac-12, they were they were 13-0 and this week. For no Pac-12 team not lost. Exist. Well, okay. Let's... Like, that's crazy to me. And, like, I don't have that much faith in the Pac-12. We've talked a lot of crap on the Pac-12 these last couple of years. And this conference is completely disbanded. Uh, you know, they have an end date. There's an expiration date on this conference. And they all won open and weak. And not all of them had easy games. So, I... Not all of them. It shows Utah played somebody good. Colorado played somebody good. Everybody expected Colorado to lose. Everybody did. Yeah. I would say that's probably the end of the statement on like good. Now I will say Stanford. When does the Pac-12? I mean, every every year the Pac-12 opens up season and they they have teams losing to people they shouldn't really lose to. 
and Boise State wins those games, and and they didn't. Uh, you know, just like I don't know. I, I was I was impressed that this conference that's under so much hate right now and uncertainty and everything that like I rolled as my a eyes whole, some, they all put it together and like kept their heads in it with most of these teams, all but two of these teams, not sure what conference they'll be in two years from now or do know, and they know it ain't there. Like they all won. I rolled my eyes at that stat. Uh, That stat was nothing to me. I was just like, okay. Okay. Uh, If you play Northern Arizona and Portland state and some of these other teams, I'm like, yeah, thank God you didn't have somebody lose. Yeah. But in the, in previous years they do. That's kind of what I'm saying. I just don't think we pay attention to the back 12. I think the back 12 is getting a lot more looks because of what's going to happen in the back 12. People are paying more attention to it. ESPN wants to talk about it. Cause not a lot ESPN of those teams. San Jose state is nobody. You're telling me San Jose state's nobody. Well, that's what you usually say. Um, but I just want to make sure you're agreeing with me. Um, <laughs> like ESPN is pushing this narrative pretty heavily too, but that's because these teams aren't going to a ESPN conference. I very much noticed that this is a crime what's happening to the Pac-12. Uh, oh, well, let's not get too torn up about ESPN. Every word they speak about this conference realignment stuff is bullcrap. That's what I I'm mean, saying. That's what I'm saying. They're, they're, they're out there being like, oh, it's a shame. This is terrible what's happening to the Pac-12 and all these conferences gobbling up Pac-12 teams and, blah, 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 and what's happening. I was like, all right. I didn't hear this when the Big Ten was like gobbling up teams before and the SEC was gobbling up teams before when, you know, those are those were ESPN networks at the time or ESPN conferences at the time. Now that the Big Ten is a Fox conference and the Big Twelve belongs to Fox and whoever, like I, I just don't hear it. So or now it's a now it's a problem. Like whatever. This is all happening because of what ESPN has done. So spare me. Um the other let me look at these other week one games here that I have. Uh, I actually thought that, you know, looking at the game that capped, uh, this is somewhat of a local team, West Virginia. That isn't good. And there are a lot of unhappy people in West Virginia. I wish I would have picked that as my uh, lock. And I wanted to, I said that to you. I was like, man, I want to pick this Penn State. 20 and a half was a lot. I thought. And it was. I mean, Penn State barely got it. But there are a lot of grumblings in Morgantown, and I don't think that coach is going to be long for this world. Like, he's really not having a good good time. Doesn't bother me at all. I know. I know you're <laughs> devastated by I'm it. Supportive. <laughs> um, Tulane, big win. That was a that was a team that was on upset alert for a lot of people. They got the big win. Uh, what might be troubling for Iowa is they need to average about twenty five points per game this year. I think the total is three twenty five that they need to hit. They ended up one point short of that in week one against Utah State. I just would have a hard time believing that's not one of the easier games on their schedule. Um, and, and I say that not like Iowa's going to get you know banned from football, um, although maybe their offense could be and our country would be in a better place for it. But their offensive coordinator, who is the head coach's son, that's in his contract. Like, he has to hit 325 points this year scored by Iowa football, or they don't bring him back. And I think I think I heard on a podcast, and I'm pretty sure uh, this is true, uh, that the loophole in there is it doesn't say the offense has to score 
325 points. Iowa has to score 325 points. It's interesting. Purdue, that's who Tech plays next, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah, they beat uh, or they lost to Fresno State in a game they should have won at home. They were up and what like had a big play, and it just seemed like they should take it from there. And then they they just laid it down. Yikes! We're still only one point favorite. <laughs> that's how bad we are. The team that lost to Fresno State at home. Well, coming to Blackburg and we're we're a one point favorite, which means neutral. I guess we're a two point dog. I I don't know. I don't know. We're bad. I know that. Yeah. Oh, Texas State got their first win versus so. a Power Five team. We should say that too. That was a big win. Sun Belt represent. Yeah, Texas State beat Baylor. Yeah. Oof. But Florida State, Florida State whipping up on LSU last night was the other big one. That was a game yeah. where at the end of it, I was like, yo. Because that was a game at halftime, LSU's winning, and I'm like, man, Florida State, what is your deal? Like, why why are you killing yourselves with penalties and just absolutely, like, refusing to move the ball on offense? And then in the second half, I don't know what adjustments were made at sec- in the second half, but they were pushing all the right buttons because they almost shut LSU out in the second half. If it wasn't for a touchdown in garbage time against the backup secondary in the fourth quarter, they would have shut LSU out in yeah. – in the second half. And to me, that kind of put, I know you're high on FSU last year and you're already high on them again this year. I'm, I'm still I, there, yeah. I'm I, not, I know I Clemson like is the pick. They're real. I know Clemson is the pick for a lot of people. I think this Florida State team wins the ACC this year. I, I think they're that good. I, well, alert. That's what I was going to say to you. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, mean, I think we were still going to talk about some conference winners and stuff. I mean, and I was going to say this a week ago. I, I, I promise you, and you, you know, I'm not lying to you. Yeah. I was going to pick Florida State to win this conference. They have these defenders out there, and I did see this more so last night. They're smelling blood. I mean, they yep. want to cause harm, and I, I think that means something. I, I think that means something, and so uh, it's gonna, it's gonna be hard for opponents to go into those games and and come out <laughs> clean because Florida State is just bashing people as hard as they can. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think you're exactly right that this is a... The quarterback's good. Yeah, this is, this is just... Weapons everywhere. This is going to be a problem. I, I don't see... I had an interesting conversation last night. Like, who do you hate more, LSU or Florida State? I mean, that's a... I, I does, you know, come back to I hate everybody but Tech, but... I mean, oh, that's not hard for geez. me. LSU. I hate them both. I hate Kelly. I hate LSU. LSU hate is Florida in State. the SEC. That's number one. Uh, I don't know. I always hated Florida State. Uh, Florida State, even before Tech was in the ACC, I hated Florida State because I guess you're a program to live in an ACC country. And for a long time, Florida State was the new kid <laughs> and yeah. they came in and dominated everybody in football. Uh, but no, I, I just hate them both. I hate, I hate LSU. I hate, um, Brian Kelly. I hate Brian Kelly so much. And now they're trying to be the team that's going to kill the ACC. Yeah. Well, when do we get to that? Um, let's t- still talk about games coming up next week. So Tech plays Purdue. Who you got? Tech. I do too. I think Tech's going to win. I'm going to be there. So that's that's why it's going to happen. They're going to do it for me. Uh, UVA and JR, two other locals. They play each other. 
I'll go out on a limb. I have JMU winning that game. That's why they're the five point favorite. They're the better team. I have them as a seven point favorite right now. Ooh. Yeah, I think they win. Me too. You're still going, right? Yep. Both those games are at noon. Um, Yep. Let's, I have representatives I, at, that, at that game, too. So yeah, I, I have my picks ready. I know you might not. Um, I'll, I only, I'm not going to have an upset. I, I well, not keep looking. One that I'm ready for. Keep looking while I filibuster for you, then. Um, we'll see if we can get well, you let's one. Let's talk about our locks, then. Who do you got as a lock? The lock I have is Utah minus seven against Baylor. Ah, that's the one I wanted. That's going to be a beatdown. They're going to absolutely pound Baylor. Yeah, I agree. Baylor just lost to... You have uh, Colorado minus three and a half against Nebraska as an option. Yeah. Um, that's For dogs, they need to be four and a half or more. That's our new rules. What about Locke? Colorado is lock, minus three and a half. I am comfortable with picking Alabama to win by seven and a half over Texas. Whoa. I wouldn't I like be, it. but okay. I am. Did you watch that quarterback for Bama? Who did they play? Yeah, he's a more dangerous. He's a more dangerous specimen than when, like, he's gonna. He's gonna really. I would like to see him play an actual football team before I say that, but you know, we'll see. Okay. Well, you'll see it this week. Yep. And when they win by eight or more, I will be right. I don't. You know, I haven't seen public shaming come from being wrong on these picks yet because I believe you would have some public shaming ahead of you here. Yep. These are the teams that you bet against. (laughs) Um. So go ahead. I had Florida State plus two and a half. I was right. Hop on Baylor. I had Clemson lock here. We'll see what happens tonight. I still have a chance to be wrong. But on your underdog and lock, you're both wrong. So I have a chance. I have, I, I'm better. I, I have you better. So we'll see what we do this next week. I, I have my lock as Alabama beating Texas by more than seven and a half. I've got. Yours is Utah minus seven on Baylor. Yes. Right? Minus seven? Yes. Okay. Uh, All right, so who's your underdog? My underdog is Tulane plus seven against Ole Miss at home. I paused there. It's seven and a half on DraftKings. Oh, I'm looking at the ESPN line. So, all right, I'll take... Page are you on on ESPN for that? Because I went there. And Week I... two? Scores? On schedule. I need scores. Okay. Yeah. I want to look at the same thing you're looking at. Scores, I'm looking at Thank seven. You. Yep. I'll take seven and a half. If you're going to give me the half point. <laughs> well, let's see. I'll write this up probably on Friday. So it, it'll be whatever, whatever it is when I go to write it up. All right. Um, well, if it gets below four and a half, I still want it though. I'll so. talk to you. Yeah. I'll, I'll communicate to you. Cause Tulane, Tulane is, I like the fact that they're giving me points. I, Tulane's going to win that game. Tulane's legit. Tulane's going to win that game. Telling you, I don't. And we're so to explain to our audience too, uh, we're doing the super dog rules for our underdog. Um, so it has to be more than four and a half points, and then there's certain points of valued uh, to if they actually win outright or if they just cover, and and nonsense like this. Uh, I can probably read this out loud if I just open up the text I sent you. Minimum spread four and a half. Your pick covers, you get five points. Your pick wins outright, you get five points and the spread. And if you push, you get one point. So uh, you were awarded no points on your underdog. And make I was awarded five points plus two and a half. I'm 7.5 on my underdog pick. So I have the early lead 
we'll see that dwindle away here shortly because I don't have a good pick yet this week. <laughs> I'm looking for you. I gave yeah, you one. This is good radio. I gave you, you one. Me? Oh, no, I don't want I'm not taking Nebraska. Dude, ACC, I mean, future ACC member, Cal. I stopped there. I have, I've stopped there. They're playing uh, Auburn. Yeah, I stopped there. I kept moving, but I stopped there. I think the one I gave I really you was for a lock. I think I gave you ne- Colorado as a lock against Nebraska. I would not no, pick I, Nebraska. I I'm not picking Nebraska. Um, you can pick Colorado. Colorado is the lock. Who was your lock? My oh, lock Alabama. Is Alabama. That's right. I forgot. I hate it. All right. Well. <laughs> I'm trying to pick an outright winner. That's what I'm going for here. So, do you like the U? It's tough. I paused there, but that's only a three-point spread. Ah, I was gonna say this one's four. Doesn't I didn't know if you got within our rules. I didn't know if you were getting another half point there or not from DraftKings. All right. Well, Leland will I'm give you his later in the in the week. It'll then. be online next week. I'll try to come better prepared. I apologize. This is what I get for recording in the daylight. Yeah. Apparently. All right, so while we're on college football, quickly, let's talk about some of our like well, some of our predictions here for the college the football season. season that we skimmed past last week. Okay, well, I'm not. I I know um, this is a week late, so people may be going, yeah, yeah. I I like you also felt good about Florida, Florida State's State. chances of winning the ACC. That made me feel better this months week. months ago, I was positive about Florida State, so I'm yeah. not going to... It's easier to believe for you because anybody. you've been more vocal about it. Last year, I was kind of like, eh, we'll see. And then this year, I did kind of feel like this was maybe the year they put it together. Seeing what they did against LSU made me feel even more confident in it. So, um, I think they beat Clemson. I'm not sure Clemson does well against Duke tonight. I think they That's win. That's my lock. So I, need I think they win, but I think, <laughs> yeah, I hope they don't. Um, I think they win, but I think it's maybe closer than people think. Um, I'm Clemson big win away from being right for the weekend. So, mm-hmm. um, Big 12. My betting, I, my betting might not line up with that. <laughs> big 12. Or lays bite you. Or, yeah, we're just doing the power conferences. You don't want to do the other conferences? I, I only want to see ones that the NCAA uh, or the college football playoff committee will even give a chance to win a national championship. I want to do those conferences. Yeah. Tulane. Um, <laughs> big 12. Uh, I'll say Texas. I think Texas is going to win the big 12. Yeah. I agree with Texas. I think they're going to lose next week, but I think they'll win the big 12. Big 10, Ohio state, Michigan, Penn state, Iowa. Oh. <laughs> This is Nebraska? this is a pretty wide open conference, actually. I just I don't know if Michigan is going to do it again. I think they are. I got Michigan. I think that's the smart pick. That's who I got. Just because I think Ohio State. <sighs> you know what? I'm going to stick with my preseason. Preseason, I said Ohio State. I would have said Ohio State if we did this last week. So I'll stick with it. In the, in the effort of being yeah. honest. I didn't love what I saw from their quarterback in that yeah. game. But they don't Somehow have to worry too, about... Somehow, going to turn this whole Harbaugh being gone thing into some kind of 
rallying battle cry, cry. And which as is as much as I hate that, and I will roll my eyes, and I hate, I, I just already hate it. But that's what they're gonna do. Well, I'll just say I don't like it. I won't say what really crossed my mind when I was watching him do it on Saturday, sticking fours in the air. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think Ohio. I would have picked Ohio State. So you have Michigan. The, the current Pac-12. The current Pac-12. USC, Oregon, Utah, oh, Utah, Washington. You taking Utah? I felt Utah before the Florida game. I feel even better. Uh, after their backup quarterback got a win in that game. I am going to pull a U and say I would have said USC a week ago, so I'm going to stick with USC. Okay. I have, I have more doubts than I used to. Yeah, their defense is bad. Uh, the Southeastern Conference. <sighs> you got Georgia, you got LSU, you got Bama, you got A&M, you got Tennessee. I'd like to see someone outside of Georgia, Alabama win, but I just think Georgia is going to be too good. Why is A&M like the, the hot pick all of a sudden? I don't, I don't. I, I'm telling you, if you were getting another half point there in the Miami game, or I guess a point and a half, um, that's at Miami. I'm really looking for that Tennessee. When's Tennessee and Georgia play? I'm, I'm looking forward to that game. I want to see Tennessee do something. I don't know. Last year kind of took all that out of me. It is in Tennessee yeah, they, this yep. year, but yeah. they play um, Ooh, near the end of the year, November 18th. Interesting. Tennessee will have hopefully already beaten Texas A&M and Alabama before that. I got taken Georgia. That's where I'm at. I'm yeah, with you. I think so. I think that's all just for is. fun. Sun do you belt? have any thoughts on the Sun Belt? I do think Appalachian State probably wins it. Oh, yeah? Yep. I don't think Coastal does. No. So, I don't think ODU does. No. JMU's not eligible. I would say JMU if, I, if they were eligible, but they're not. Yeah. I'll give you Appy. I'll be with you. So, what we differed on Pac-12... And that is all. I'm Big Ten. Pac-12 and Big Ten. Okay, cool. Who wins the Natty? Okay, so and my... how many SEC teams are in it? Yeah, that's the que- <laughs> that's the question, right? Um, my SEC teams. <sighs> all right, Georgia is in the playoff. Yeah, they're going to win the SEC per your prediction. I said Ohio State will win the Big Ten, so they – oh, I really feel bad about this now. I would have said they're in the playoff. Texas will be in the playoff. Florida State will be in the playoff. Okay, interesting. I think Florida State's in there. I got Georgia, Alabama, Florida State. Georgia, Alabama, Florida State, Michigan. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. So you think the Big 12 gets locked out? Um, I do. And the Pac-12. The Pac-12, which is so good and was undefeated in week one, you think they get locked out? I do. I think uh, that, yeah, Utah, Colorado is going to beat Utah or 
USC. Maybe not both of them if they play them both. I don't know. Oh. They will <laughs> but like, not yeah. beat Utah. Um, They're going to beat one of them. Utah's actually good. Um, they're not going to beat Utah. Um, they play Utah in the last game of the season on November 25th. I will say Ohio State will they're be the four. Don't. Florida State will be the two. Texas will be the three. Um, I'll take Florida State, Georgia in the championship game. God, I don't want to say Georgia, but it's going to be Georgia. Yeah, I got Georgia, too. Uh, probably Georgia, Michigan or something. I don't know. I hate college football. Not really. <laughs> I love college football. I just, I hate I absolutely love it. I know, I know the knock on it, and I get it, and I know it dances around me and yours perpetual arguments, but I, I love it the best. And, like, they're talking about Dan Patrick last week. Like, do you like college football more or NFL? And I'm like, I would trade NFL for more college football. I love college football. And then they were saying, well, like college football fans are NFL fans, but not all NFL fans are college football fans. And I get it, but I'm, I just love college football. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. But I think what I would say in well, counter of that. I, I wouldn't want not to have the NFL, but I. Yeah, I would say the counter to that would be the more passionate fans are college football fans. And yeah. I. I would say that is my number with, one team of without all of a doubt. Yeah, I would say that's without a doubt because yeah. you can't go to a single state in the South where someone is not losing their mind over college football. Right. And I'm a Ravens fan, but if the Ravens have a bad year, I'll get over it pretty quick. Um, yeah. When oh, Virginia I'm Tech has a bad year, down yeah. When Virginia Tech down. has a bad year, it's yeah. harder to get over. I'm personally embarrassed about stuff that's happened to Virginia Tech. Well, hopefully we're not personally embarrassed when the ACC blows up and the next conference. We're personally embarrassed happens. on a weekly manner when they play in the SEC. <laughs> I would just like them to get into a conference at that point. Yes, know? I just want them playing for the same trophy that everybody cares about is. That's... And if if they're if they aren't, maybe the positive will be Leland changes his tune on who he needs to see in a college football playoff. <laughs> We'll be so further away from the possibility of <laughs> that other stuff. By that uh, point, the ACC will have taken speaking. in San Jose State, and then you will really change your tune <laughs> on if San Jose State deserves to go to the college football playoff. Yeah, they'll be a part of that Western arm of the ACC. All right. Which so, should we talk about? I mean, we didn't we didn't officially yeah, we talk, talk about that. that. I guess we yeah, could. Exactly where I'm going. Yeah, we the ACC now has the Western arm. It has uh, – SMU, which is halfway getting there, but then also Stanford and Cal, who, you know, all we can't wait for those rivalries between the the Cardinal and, uh, you know, Wake Forest. It's going to be just fun times. That actually probably will be a pretty big soccer match. Um, but <laughs> I know that's not what you're talking about. Um, I mean, I get some good Olympic swimming. I mean, the, the Olympic sports were adding, you know. Like Stanford produces some Olympians. Stanford is a team that is usually near the top of the Capital One Cup because yeah. of those Olympic sports. Um, yeah. But we care about football. <laughs> that is why <laughs> this is happening. Charlottesville residents every other year, every year. That that is why we the expansion is happening. That's why the realignment is happening is because of football. It's not anything else. It, football is ruining it all. ESPN and Fox and CBS, all of them are 
Go well, on together to ruin college football. CBS less so because CBS. I don't know. What does CBS have now? The Big Ten. Oh, oh, that's right. The CBS is. Yeah. Uh, NBC only has that small little package with the Big Ten. It's CBS has the big boy has the three thirty has the has the big package with. Uh, eight, NBC eight, was eight, big eight. enough to get on the graphic that I saw making its way around social media because of what. Yeah, well, they get the was they get on, the prime uh, time was on game the logo. Saturday with Big Ten, where half their teams won't play night games in November. The CBS has the three thirty game. They're traded because they lost the SEC, the ESPN. They traded that when they didn't win that. They went and bought the same package from the Big Ten. So every Saturday at three thirty, we're going to get Big Ten games. I think you're. Too, a, uh, I think yeah. that's going to change on when Big Ten teams play. If NBC has the primetime game, they will not take. North they have Western. it now, and it has not changed. So this season, it applies. I don't think we know when all those games are being played. Penn State, Michigan, and I think Ohio State all have a rule stated that they do not play night game in November at home. So if it changes in the future, fine. But this year, it is intact. I've heard it too many times. I didn't write the contract. I wasn't there for the signing of it. I've just heard everybody talking about it on my sports media podcasts. So. Okay. I just, I feel like I've seen Ohio state play Penn state at night before. I feel like that's been in November, but maybe it was in October. Maybe. Cause they're like, they're going to get a bunch of Maryland and Maryland games in November at night. It's going to be ridiculous. However, um, because I mean, Ohio state and Michigan, always play during the day yeah that's like thanksgiving weekend and that's no not always it used to be in october and stuff like Reese, these last couple of years it's been later when fox got it they made it that last game of the season but before that they played earlier in the season but during the day like the big 10 isn't as hung up on night games i know penn state gets their whiteout games at night and stuff but like they're not in november you said ohio state is not playing in november this year a night game in november at home Check the schedule for November 11th. They played okay. Michigan State at 7.30 on NBC. Okay. So maybe I threw Ohio State in. There's multiple teams in the Big Ten that have a rule stated they won't play a night game in November. Maybe Ohio State, I was wrong. Yeah, I, right. I just, I don't know. I, I don't know either. I would think maybe that's going to be a one-year. I, I would be surprised if NBC pays a bunch of money for Big Ten games and then the back half when college football really matters. That's what all these media people said when they bought it was like, what the heck are they doing? Why would you do this? Why would you handcuff yourself? Yeah. For half your schedule when it matters the most. I don't know. All right, moving on. Uh, So (laughs) we're off college football, right? NFL. Oh, I want to, before we get to NFL. Okay. uh, On the realignment, which is where we got distracted. Oh, that's where we got pulled off. Um, other than we hate it, I I've just, I, I just well in the plan we've always said what are what how does this make sense for teams to fly all the way across the country to play volleyball in the middle of the week or you know a track meet or whatever and apparently the solution is they're just going to fly to Dallas so nobody gets a home game no one gets a home game I don't I also don't understand how that's better to me. That's even worse. That's even worse to me. But I, yeah, now every member school is punished for 
than being at it. And then like you're, if you're flying to Dallas, why not just fly another hour and a half or two hour, whatever? I don't, I guess, know the exact flight times, but like if it's you're usually, already getting on a plane and flying halfway across the country, it's a three hour flight from Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you're already flying three hours. What's flying four and a half to San Francisco? <laughs> I don't know. It's like once you board a plane and you're not just flying an hour, like once it's more than an hour, why not just go ahead and make the trip? I'm agreeing with you in general. This is stupid for them to fly Dallas. I would just like to see this die. I would like to see, I would like to see football conferences be football conferences and everything else be geographic. I, I would just like to get to that point. I don't care what it takes. I'd just like to see it happen. Fix it now. Let's not have this awkward time. I said this how many weeks ago on the on the podcast. We're just living in this awkward time, and I listen to this real smart person say this, and, we're, and it's just going to be this awkward time, and then eventually it's going to get all fixed. Just fix it now, and then and then include relegation because I'm in. Yeah, I I want that. Conference. I if that's what just we're going to do, right? If that's what they want to do, these mega conferences just want to pull all these people in. We're just going to suck everybody up, got- make mega conferences. That's fine, but I the people that aren't in the mega conferences right now should have a way in. I'm sorry, Vanderbilt. I'm sorry, Rutgers. I'm sorry, Northwestern. You don't deserve to play for a college football national championship. Get better. If you want to, get better. Yeah, you don't deserve deserve that if Tulane and, you know, UCF and Appalachian State and Coastal Carolina. JMU, hopefully. Yeah, and TCU. These teams that have proven time and time again that they're good enough to get to that level. That Again, the only reason we don't think – the only reason we don't think these teams ever deserve to be in is because so we never let them. So I, I there's I mean, gotta be a way in for those teams. I would, I like if they want to make these mega conferences of like 24 teams each or whatever, then, and have the other conferences be smaller geographic based that, that would be great. And then there's promotion relegation, like yeah. just have ways in ways five. out you have your power, your power up here, which yep. we use like concurrently the power five or now four, whatever it is, but equivalent to those start out, let's go. And then if you're in the bottom two, you're out. And if you play in the, the championship game of the group of five and you'll call it something different by then. And so you're the winner of the Sun Belt, playing the winner of a team out West. Well, both of you are going to move up, but who wins? You know, that, that's nice, but you're going to move up and you're going to be in there. And that's cool. I would honestly, I'd like to see there be like, just have the power conferences suck up. And, and but here's, Here's the here's why it won't happen because it would take a larger governing body to make this yes. happen. Well, NCAA's got to get rid of that. I think that's part of fixing it is get the football away from the NCAA. Well, but the other thing is the people that are in charge of the Big Ten want to still be in charge of the Big Ten, and the people who are in charge of the SEC still want to be in charge of the SEC. The SEC is fairly geographic, so that's not crazy. The Big Ten is no longer really that no, geographic. Yeah, yeah California. Um, and the ACC is not really geographic. The Big 12 is pretty geographic. But if you were going to have, like, these power conferences, right, I would say at that point even, go back to geography. But we all know we're playing what we're playing for. Just have that based on geography. That way you can have, you know, like, make five mega conferences or whatever, or four mega conferences, and then you have four lesser conferences or whatever the number needs to be to make this work. And then each conference, you know, the last two teams – and the good conferences are out, the top two go up. Okay. Something like right. that. Because yeah. that's kind of how it works in, in Europe. And, and promotion relegation is not some foreign concept over there. They they embrace it. They love it. Um, 
it's well, it's weird here. There, it's more over here. Yeah. Right. It, it's weird. It's weird for people here because of how we operate professional sports. Um, yeah. which I'm, is I'm why in. I'm in for it. Which is why this is another spoiler alert. When people like John Angelos or you know whoever, <laughs> whatever, whatever owner at the time when there's a strike coming too, they all say this. When they tell you that they're not profitable, how you know it's a lie is the teams over in Europe survive with promotion relegation. There is the threat that you get relegated from the professional league, which you would actually lose hundreds of millions of dollars if you do. That is not a threat over here. The Baltimore Orioles, the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Oakland A's can be absolute dog crap for six or seven years, and they're going to make money hand over fist. That does not happen in Europe. If you're dog crap, you go down and you lose hundreds of millions of dollars. It's why the promotion playoff game for the league that is under the Premier League, it's called the Championship League, the EFL Championship Division. That game, the top two automatically go up, and then the third team, three through six, play in a playoff to get promoted to the Premier League. And when they get to that final between whatever teams win the 3-6 and 4-5 matchup, it's called the richest game in the world because of the amount of money on the line for the team that wins. That would make, and I'm sorry, if you're telling me that college football couldn't make even more money on that, like, hey, let's see who gets promoted to Division I college football or whatever you want to call it, the National Championship Division of college football or whatever you decide to call it brought to you by Allstate or whoever, like <laughs> you're telling me people wouldn't watch that. They would, they would. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're watching, uh, they're, you're selling bowl games, right? Uh, yeah. The people would watch that crap out of that. I know. And Absolutely. you might be saying people don't watch the FCS championship, but if the FCS champion got to move up to FBS, people would watch it. People would be like, Oh, this team will matter next year. I kind of want to see who yeah. it is. Yeah, people watch it. Absolutely. All, All right. right. You want to go to NFL now? NFL. All right. I've got two fantasy um, teams this year. Ooh, I got none. So you're... It's good. I'm in I a like league. football better without it. I really do. Oh, no. It makes it more exciting. Um... I'm in a league with uh, my usual league, which is friends, family, um, and that is uh, the Muppet Mafia in that league. And then I'm in a league with uh, apparently a bunch of people who used to be at the newsleader. Um, Patrick Hyde is apparently the only person oh, who you're in that? still yeah. is in the newsleader. Um, but there's, uh, I think Coach Loss is in that league. So... Right. I know two people in that league, um, but uh, I will try to represent the radio station well in that league. Uh, I went with the team name Radio Clowns um, instead of Rodeo Clowns, uh, so we'll see how they do. I'm actually pretty happy with that team. The, uh, the Muppet Mafia, we are one injury away from being really not good. <laughs> All right, let's pick some teams. NFC East, who you got? NFC East. Mm. Eh, hell. 
it'll just make you mad. Let's go Dallas. Oh my god. All right. <laughs> Under the central. The year I did this the best is the year I went through the entire NFL schedule and picked wins and losses. Uh, I did not do that, so that's probably going to come back to bite me. Um, Dallas, it, Dallas, it is. You're ripped in. I gotcha. Yeah. Who'd you take? Uh, the Eagles. Oh, lame. All right. What's next? The central of the NFC. It's not a division. I mean, the... the the North, not the, uh, I meant the South, the North. Sorry. Just go to the North. Yeah. That used to, I actually, all those teams used to. Yeah, be I know. It, yeah. yeah. I just messed up. Hit it. Um, Vikings. I don't know how, how anyone not named the Vikings wins this division. I'm going with my, my, uh, lions. I want them. Okay. I was high on them last year too. Yep. Here they come. Now to that South. This division is wide open. This is some bad football. Um, Oof is who I picked. That's my notes. Oof. <laughs> you know <laughs> what? I'm going to say the Carolina Panthers win it this year. Ooh, I like it. I really couldn't come up with one uh, when I was going through it. I'll just be different than you on purpose since we're already different all the way and just figure out somehow the Saints back into it, I guess. That would have been my other pick. So, yeah, yeah, I think that's a good one. NFC West, yeah. 49ers. Niners, Niners, Niners for both of us. Okay, now we have what? Three wild cards? Yes, three wild cards. Only one team gets the bye. Okay. So this is where I'll repeat some of your picks, and I'll just run through them. Cowboys, Vikings. Uh-huh. And somehow I've convinced myself that the, the commanders somehow find them slip into them playoff somehow. Stupid. Oh, wow. I'm going to take the Eagles. I'm going to take the Bears. Um, And then I'm going to take Seattle. Seabirds? The Seabirds. All right. So then... We go to the AFC. You have win in the NFC. Oh, Oof. I have the Niners getting the bye, so I'll take the Niners to to win. I got the Niners too. Yeah, Niners in the Super Bowl for the both of us. So we went different paths to get there, but we got to the same spot. All right, AFC East. Dolphins. For some reason, I still think the Bills are going to do something. I'll probably be wrong. It's not a bad pick. AFC North. North Ravens. Steelers. We're both homers. Neither of us have Joe Burrow. <laughs> yeah, which would be bad uh, for my fantasy team. But, oh well, both of them. Or no, just one of them. That's South. Jags. It's probably another oof. <laughs> yeah, if the your Jags. team plays in the South, it's just going to be bad football. Jags. Yeah, your your football's in the college level. Um, That's probably why people why in the I South wrote, like college football. I don't know why I wrote the Titans here. I don't want the Titans at all. I think that J- Jaguars is a better pick. Jaguars. All right. Chiefs. Chiefs. Chiefs, Chiefs, Chiefs. Though, Wild. in my wild card, I have the Chargers because I do think they'll be half decent. I have the Bungles. So I have two divisions <laughs> twice in the NFL this year where a division will send three teams to the playoffs, the NFC East and the AFC North. 
So the Bengals. And then I got what? Oh, the Ravens. That's why it's three. Ravens. I was gonna say, you've got to yeah. say that third one. So you don't have a single wild card team in the AFC East. That is bold. Um it's bold. Stupid might say, but is that the right mm-hmm. way? Bold. I'm gonna take the Bills and Jets as two of the wild card teams. I will take the, the Bengals. Jets. Jets. Yep. And the Bengals will be the other wild card team. See, I'm not a believer in the Jets. That's one of my notes. Uh, I, I think don't... the Jets were a really good football team outside of quarterback last year. I think this is a, no matter what you think of him personally, I think that is an obvious marketable upgrade at the quarterback position. I think they will be better. I don't think they make it. I think too much crap gets in their way. I think all the attention gets in their way. I think it's it's not going to work. I'm not saying terrible. I'm not saying they're going to be three and how many over games they play now, but I think they just missed the playoffs. Also, the Broncos. People are high on the Broncos with uh, Sean Payton going there, and I think he'll get Russell Wilson right and stuff. I'm not buying that at all. I think I Russell think Wilson's just done. I think he's. I think the Broncos are going to be terrible. I think, yeah, I think be really bad. I think Russell Wilson's past his prime. Okay, Ooh. AFC champion. One of my big notes of the season is I don't think the Chiefs will represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. See, I'm trying to convince myself to pick someone other than the Chiefs. Um, I think somebody else will do it. I think I think they're good for a while, but I just don't think they're the every year kind of good. Dolphins. Dolphins coming out of the AFC. That's That's bold. Yeah, you don't even have them in the playoffs. I don't have them in the playoffs. Um, so now I got to pick one of these teams to be. <laughs> yeah, if you're gonna say why not did the I immediately Chiefs. go to the Bills, the team that I said might not win the AFC East, and I'm like, oh, the Bills could do it. Um, man, I just think not the Chargers is my, not the Niners, not not the Chiefs is my bet. Wow. <laughs> now I got to pick one actually. Um. That'd be weird. That'd be weird. Um. Mm-hmm. Jags. Yeah, the Jags are an interesting pick. Um, <sighs> Chargers. Let's get weird. Let's just get weird. Let me tell you, that would be weird. That would be, be so weird. weird. I would no longer do this podcast because I would think that we're living in a simulation. And at that point, this is our way out. This is my way out. This is your way out. Um. <laughs> I'll I'll take the Niners over the Dolphins I'll take the in the Niners Super Bowl. To win the Super Bowl this year, I agree. All right. Well. All right. I should have done the Bills. I should have had the Bills. Uh, I should have had the uh, the Chris Berman Super Bowl pick here. I should have done it in his honor. There's still time. All right, so D-Block discussion time. And you already promised something we were going to talk about in the D-Block. But I'll start with every Labor Day, uh, I get to experience a lot of small people's birthdays. Because not only do one of my kids have a birthday this weekend, but also a close family member does as well. This weekend, I get to experience two different away-from-home birthday parties, which was nice. So we, I felt like it was back in the 80s is kind of the, was the theme of the weekend. We went bowling one day. We went skating another, and uh, it was fun. It was fun getting the kids out there, trying stuff that they don't do every day, 
And obviously some bowl more than others, some skate more than others, but no one is any good. So it was fun. It was fun to go and uh, do those things and good family activities. And, uh, you know, the Stanton Langs on a Saturday afternoon, midday is a nice place, you know, nice to have some fun with family. And then the skating, you know, I grew up with Skate Town, but that doesn't exist anymore in Stanton. So you have to go to Harrisonburg for skating, but you can rent that place out for birthday parties. And even if, at certain times, kind of have it to yourself for those birthday parties. And I, I really enjoyed that. So we had fun birthday parties at both those facilities. I would recommend them for other people throwing small people birthday parties. It'd probably even adult parties be fun. Um, but we had a good time at both and uh, it was, it was fun times. That's good. I'm glad you had fun at the birthdays and was able to do some bowling and skating. That's yeah. bowling. I could family be family time. Yeah. It's always good to spend time with family. Um, bowling. A lot, of, a lot of grandparents present. That's good. Yeah, bowling, I'd be I'd be down for. Uh, the skating would just be me hurting myself. Um, I I didn't skate. I I, I yeah, chose not to. I didn't I'm need with a broken you hip that. at eight thirty nine. So. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, skating would end poorly for me. Um, we did the family reunion as we do every Labor Day weekend. Um, oh yeah, I forgot about that this weekend. I was wondering why I didn't hear much from me this weekend. Yeah, so I was down in uh, Metazidan doing the family reunion. We had a good time. Good. Um, it's always great to see that end of the family and making music and stuff like that at the end of the end of the evening. Uh, so that was why very little tech football was being watched. Um, and actually outside of the Colorado game, very little football in general was being watched. Um, but it was, a good, it was a great time. We had a lot of fun uh, and just got back late last night. Uh, one of those uncles is coming up this weekend to go with me to the JMU game. So we're looking forward to that. Um, it doesn't take too much twisting of arms on that end of the family to root against UVA. They all went to Virginia Tech, so it was fairly easy. Uh, when I asked my uncle if he wanted to go to the game, I was like, we're not going to a Tech game, but we are rooting against the Who's. And he goes, well, that's my second favorite team every week is whoever plays UVA. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're doing that. Uh, it'll be a good time. And, uh, yeah, it was great to see the family this weekend. Good. What do you know that we need to know? Um, I don't know if I have anything for this um, because I, I want to go ahead. Now, I want to you brought up the BS high and I want to yeah. talk about that a little bit more. Good. Because I think we can talk about it enough where people still should still see it. And I think you were alluding to it before. I'd rather have a conversation about it. Yeah. Um, BSI is about the Bishop Sycamore High School, uh, which is a loose term for that high school um but <laughs> it's a documentary that's on hbo it's the thing that was i recommend everybody school, to watch yeah. it listen to what we say and then still go watch it because there's no way we will capture the insanity that happens in this podcast any of the or podcast any of this documentary this is a real documentary and that's what joe hit on earlier this is people saying things and then having people that say truth behind that person uh consistently throughout uh so it's very worth watching you're going to get a complete picture of the situation You'll get explanations provided uh, by the main character in this thing, the main uh, focal point of this. You'll get him explaining why and show, sharing his feelings. You'll get people that uh, provide their feelings of why as much as they can for some of this stuff and, and then the facts around it. And uh, so Joe's nailed that on the head. But I watched the whole thing. I recommended it to other people since I watched it and they've watched it too. The guy's, the guy's a psychopath. The main oh, yeah. guy, the guy that 
created Bishop Sycamore High. And you'll, you'll find out very early in the documentaries. We're not completely spoiling anything. You know how this ends. You, you saw it last year. So this is telling the story. So we're not really going to spoil anything. But this guy basically just creates, you know, a magnet school. And I'm doing quotation marks with my hands. Um, and at first, he tried to attach it with a religious high school. But they quickly got rid of it. We're like, no, we have nothing to do with you. You're not doing anything right. So he's basically telling these parents, hey, give me your kids. We're going to play football, get them ready for the next level, and we'll give them school. Just all that without the school part. You know, just no school. And even the football part's not even real, too, because they're not well coached. They're dis disorganized. They're not getting ready for the next level. Um, he's just scamming these people out of money and then also using these players' names to try to obtain more money. And um, I don't see how parents associated with this team and their kids could have looked past some of this and how this could have kept going. Um, it's just bizarre. It's just bizarre. I don't know. I, I feel like I'm prepping people to watch this, but dude, the guy's a psychopath. The guy is hurtful to other people for no really good reason. No, not even a bad reason. He's not even doing it for a bad reason. He's just, a, he's just harmful. And it does kind of feel like, um, and at the very end, I mean, it's like, he's learned nothing. Um, no, you do it again. Yeah. Which, I mean, you got to talk to Michael Strahan. That was the whole point. That was what he took away from all of everything that happened. He uh, called me. Yeah, it was. <laughs> there's just a lot that happens in the documentary. And I don't want to say too much because I don't want to spoil anything. I want people to watch it and and be shocked on their own by some of the stuff that happens. But when I was watching, I was just like, this. You saying he's a psychopath is the first thing that popped in my head. I was like, oh, this guy's crazy. Like, I got scared for the people on the other side of the camera and the documentary crew because I was like, that's the look of a killer. Like, that guy is nuts. And he gets wide eyed staring back at the camera. Yeah. And like, even the beginning is like awkward. He's like, do I look like a con man? I don't want to look like a con man. And I'm like, I, I don't know what to tell you, buddy. Like, this documentary is being filmed. And at the end of it, I, to just think back at the beginning, and that was his concern. And then at the end of the documentary, you're like, dude, I don't know how you thought you were going to come away not looking like one. I, yeah, it's, it's, it's bizarre. You learn that Bishop Sycamore actually wasn't the first team that he did this with. Uh, like Leland said, there was, there is a school. Um, and then quickly they said, we are not affiliated with that. Um, and, and he kind of just rolled it forward into Bishop Sycamore. Yeah, he just rebranded. Um, and it's... He owes money everywhere. Yeah, he, he just owes a bunch of money to a bunch of different people. And it, it feels like eventually that's going to get him in prison. Uh, but yeah, hopefully. Uh, it's just... that's where he belongs. It, it's crazy. It's crazy. You absolutely should watch it. It's, it is a real documentary. It's a good documentary. It's very well done. I hope... HBO and, and Adam McKay, who makes a lot of these, I hope. Uh, and you might recognize that name. He's involved in a lot of the funny comedies uh, that yeah. you He's Will Ferrell's, or has been Will Ferrell's buddy. I think I, they actually have a bit of a fallout. Yeah, I think right there now, was but, a fallout between yeah. them. But they used to be good friends, like Eastbound and Down, that kind of stuff. They were both mm -hmm. involved in um, a lot of Danny McBride vehicles. Adam McKay has some role in as well. Um, a lot of that's Jody Hill too, but um, 
Anyway, Adam McKay is involved in this documentary. He's actually done quite a few really, really good documentaries, in my opinion. This one, I, I recommend to everyone. Uh, there's some other ones that other are for some people that aren't for others. But um, this one is very well done. I think anybody that, if you like football or like just bizarre stories, even if you're not a sports fan, just watching it and realizing what this guy was able to get away with is astonishing. I, I hope when they kept talking about like, there's no laws against this because no one would ever think someone would do this. Like you can't <laughs> yeah. make up that. Yeah. Laws. That's, that's what's kept him out of jail so far well, is technically he hasn't broken a law because people didn't think someone would actually try to do this. Like, yeah. Like create a fake school. It's, it's not illegal to create a fake school. Yeah. Um, Which on surface sounds like, well, yeah, of course that's illegal. Like what laws are you using to say that? Because no one ever just says, you know, you, yeah, you can't rob a liquor store. You can't rob a store. You can't, you know, steal, and you can't create a fake stool. Like they don't. One of those rules is written. The other one isn't. And because no one would just think you could like get far enough doing this and have people behind it. And I, I struggle with the parents, and they have some of the parents on the podcast. I struggle with like, I think- how you can see this stuff happening, and then like next week happens, like <laughs> like absolutely moment one, my kid's gone. But I think like, that's even the- if I've gotten into a bad situation, Leland. I think that's. Some of that is just where the environment these kids come from is different. It's just different. Yeah. And, and some of it might be wishful I, thinking mom, on the parents. Like the, some of it might be wishful thinking from the parents, like, this is going to be how my trainer. kid gets out. She, yeah, that, she, that she one's hard. Like, that one, that mom's tough for me. Because she's there. Like, yeah, she's present. Like, that's hard. Um, but she knows how unprepared she, or, like, uh, not she a trainer she is, yet she's the trainer somehow all of a sudden at this game. Um, but she doesn't want her son to go back in the football game, but her son went back in the football game. Like, uh, yeah, I don't, don't love that. Um, but I I hope that whoever made this one makes a Florida Gators one, the the one we actually want, which is going into all the crazy stories with that team, all the different arrests and all the problems wasn't good off the field problems minutes of that documentary and hate it. And me and you complain about it. And then them play on national TV that next week or whatever it was. And like get beat by Utah. Cause it just let me lay into them. Like how much I hate them. I do not like, I was two urban Meyer teams. Um, Ugh. but yeah, it, it was, it was a really well done documentary. A BS high is the name of it again. It's on HBO or uh, max or whatever. Absolutely. Um, go watch it. But, Definitely go watch that. It's awesome. Um, I would still recommend to you, Leland, the telemarketers one. They're still in the oh, it's middle of it's that. I'm They're not actually kind of waiting yet. for Stephanie. I want her to watch that with me. So. Yeah, because that one's going to be yeah. another one where you're just really upset with how things work. Um, she she would have watched BSI with I me. Mean, like she would. I just started watching it when, when she wasn't around. But yeah. uh, I'm going to wait for that other one because I think she'll be down. I'm still in the middle of Justified. I'm starting to get toward the end of it, um, but I'm still working my way through it. So We will talk when you're done. Yep. Uh, my I Know What You Need to Know, and this is for all local people here listening, which I think is most of you. And if you listen to the sports that matter to you, the Augusta County sports fan, this point is for you. Gypsy Hill Park, the fact that we have that in Stanton is absolutely awesome. Like, we are spoiled to have such a nice park in our town. Joe, I'm not sure if you know how nice it is, but it is. <laughs> like, it, they have events all, all the time there. Um, it's it's a nice place. It's kept up well. Uh, on Labor Day, free train rides for the kids. I think they do it on the 4th of July and Memorial Day, too. Like, the big holidays through the summer. 
Um, but even then, it's a dollar the rest of the time. The fact that that train exists, it's awesome. They have the pool. I know they had to close early, and people are complaining about that. But there is a pool. But the playground equipment's awesome. There's so much space. The parade they have at the July 4th, I know I've talked about that on the podcast. Everything about what that park does and that the city puts money behind it is awesome. And when people start complaining about how money is spent for in the city, anything towards the Gypsy Hill Park, I tend not to agree with the people are saying because do it it's this is nicer than what other people have like what equivalent i can't think of another city in our region that has something that is as nice as this there's other parks and people have nice playground sets and there's this space and you know i think wayne's rose parks for nice for what it is but gypsy hills park is better and nicer and they have bigger events they had the whole art in the park this weekend and it's such a nice event and we didn't go this year but we've gone other years they used to have and i think they still do in the summer um, every fourth weekend of the month in the summers, they have the food trucks and they have 15 food trucks lined up. Like, I really appreciate what Stanton does with Gypsy Hill Park, how nice they keep it. And if you haven't gone and taken advantage of what they offer at the park lately on a daily basis, just the landscaping and, you know, stuff that they have sitting there all the time, that's nice. But then the events too. Uh, and then the, uh, the bluegrass in the park and the parades in the park and all the, the Stonewall band brigade that plays in the at the park and they have like the every week events and movies like it's just awesome so i don't know it just every so often i'm reminded of that today was one of those days part of family family day family weekend for leland with bowling skating and park uh the park's awesome so just making sure people are knowing that and if you somehow just haven't caught on to that yet it's it's time to go figure that out it's it's a resource that others don't have and we should be proud to have it. Yeah. I I have not been uh, very often, but um, I do know it's a nice park. Every time I am in the Gypsy Hill area, I don't come away thinking this is seedy or gross yeah, looking no, or anything it's nice. else. They kept it nice. Yeah. And people are people. It's public and anybody's welcome there. And so, yeah, you might have a moment where you're like, oh, this isn't the person I want to be walking to next to right now. It's public. But, like, it's not overrun by that. And that's not a dominating factor and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, you're going to have the same thing walking down the street at any city. Oh, yeah. You're going to have a moment where you're like, yeah. <laughs> I absolutely think that's true. Um, but. Yeah. That will do it for us on this episode of the Yak Sports Podcast. Make sure you're following us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify so you never miss another episode. We are on Twitter. Uh, you can find us, Yak Sports Pod. That's Y-A-C Sports Pod. Facebook, same thing, Y-A-C Sports Pod. Or you can email us, yaksportspod at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. If you want to play along with us uh, on the college football picks, Pick the local games. We count local as Virginia Tech, JMU, UVA. Um, and then one lock. That's by spread. Um, I think the lock is whatever. There's not a limit there. And then the uh, underdog is, it has to be a four and a half point underdog or more. Um, just send us that. You can either comment it on the link. DM Yak Sports Pod, one of us. You should see it on our Twitter generally Saturday mornings. I mean, that's going to be the the aim. This weekend it was scheduled for then, but Elon failed me. 
Yeah. It's because we'll do that to you. It's because we don't pay for it. Um, that actually might be why. Um, but I'm surprised of other people that pay for it then. So yeah. Uh, but anyway, play along with us. We enjoy it. Tell us what you think of the high school football season so far as well. Um, what we got right, what we got wrong. And uh, we will talk to you again next week. We'll also have more high school volleyball news as the high school volleyball season gets ready to start district play soon. So until then, for Leland McRae and Joe Deck, hope you had a great Labor Day weekend and have a great week. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.